From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 112. Today's show is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile and Pearl Revision. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm very well, Mr. Snell. How are you? Good. I, I By the way, uh, episode 112, not available in binary. That's a shame. I want to make that clear. We're out of the binary zone now. We we are out of the binary zone. I'm very excited today, actually. Why Why is that? Because a little later on in today's episode, we are going to be drafting the oh, October yes, Mac are. event. Because it has been announced in between last week's show and this week's show, there will be an event, as uh, Jason predicted. Jason was right. Uh, Hello on again. October the 27th. Um, so th- we should also maybe give a little programming note. So this show is this show. We're not going to be recording an episode of Upgrade after the event. We will be recording an episode of Connected after the event. Um, and then me and Jason will be together in person next week. Um, and we will be in yes. all in, in Kalani and Island. And we'll record an episode talking about our thoughts and feelings over the Mac event. Um, and who knows what else, but yes, you can look yeah, forward to Yeah, probably the week. quarterly results, too, because the quarterly results yes, come out this week as well. They do. We're going to have a busy episode next week. There's a lot going on, but we'll be we'll be busy in person, which will be uh, a nice change. Mm-hmm. But we have a draft later on in the show, which I'm very excited about, as always. Uh, there was a press release this morning as a part follow-up. Uh, the Nike Apple Watch, the Nike Plus Apple Watch, is going to be released on October 28th. So I have two feelings about this, Jason. Mm -hmm. That suggests other products will be out on October 28th, maybe AirPods. But the other is they don't have time to say this on stage on Thursday. I think that you're right. And that's interesting to me because it doesn't feel like there's, just from what we expect, it doesn't really feel like there's a lot for like an hour even, right? So... Why would they not have kind of run over this and said, and it's out tomorrow? I guess we'll see. My other take on it would be that it's off topic. That that this is not, my gut feeling is this is not going to be one of those events where they walk through every app, Apple product in the product line, right? Yeah, let's give mm-hmm. you an update about the Apple Watch. I guess they could, right? They could do a slide that says, hey, and the Nike, um, and the Nike Watch comes out tomorrow. I guess they could do that. And they may do some of that, but they may have decided for that reason that it's like, you know, we let's cut that part. We don't need that part in there. It's also possible that this is a, because this is a joint product, it's Apple and Nike, that... There's something else going on here where, you know, Nike wants to push this out sooner and do their own PR around it. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. why they did it on the early side. That's also a possibility. Yep. But it's uh, it's interesting for Apple to do a press release in this way. If you want to pick uh, Nike Apple Watch mentioned on stage in the draft, you're welcome to do that. I'm playing to win, Snow. <laughs> okay, good. All right. I'd expect nothing less of you. A piece of breaking news before we record it today, from, coming from Recode. The New York Times has bought the wire cutter for more than $30 million. Yeah. It's great. Um, I like the site a lot. Brian Lamb founded it, and my understanding is 
largely funded it himself and built this business. So cha-ching Mr. Lamb, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. They're, yeah. they're, I, I mean, I, th- I think he deserves it, and uh, they've built a very interesting business. And it's funny, you know, I don't know how... I don't know if it's profitable or not, but I think one of the one of the things about Wirecutter is they've been building a process, they've been building a format, they've been, mm-hmm. I, and having written, I, I've written two pieces for them, I guess, two projects I did for them, and uh, you know I could see from uh, from the outside, but with the uh, history of being an editor on the inside of a publication, I could see them struggling in a good way, I would say, but struggling with how does this work? Like they didn't want to fall back. They're building a new format and they're building a new process and they're trying to find the most efficient way of doing all of that. How do you build something? And reviews are very complicated and uh, they want to be consistent. And, you know, they're trying to build something that is essentially the 21st century version of consumer reports. How do you do that? And they've got a, they've got a dispersed staff uh that you know they're, they're pretty virtual they've got some offices but they've got a lot of people who are remote and you know it, it's it's i think that's the thing that the new york times is buying here is they're buying the they're buying the staff and the process and the idea of a digital only brand and i've, I've heard people like oh great it's a newspaper buying it you know they'll they'll ruin it already i've heard people say that and it's like no this is this is a uh, a media company trying to invest in some non-newspaper media. Also, they've worked with a wirecutter for a while now on stories, and and I think they that was a an interesting way for them to see the process close up. And and uh, you know, I wish them well with it. I I think the wirecutter could be even uh, better than it is now with a little more investment in it, which the New York Times may be able to provide. So. Um, you know, I'm going to view this as as good news, and it's also a great story. Just that this is something Brian Lamb wanted to build, and he wanted it to be uh, very specific. He had a vision for it about what he wanted it to be, and uh, and th- you know, they thirty million dollars in a world where we've got billion dollar purchases of uh, of tech companies. It doesn't seem like a lot, but for something that was largely self funded, it's a lot of money for a website. Yeah, for one web, for one or two, I guess, websites and something that doesn't come with, you know, didn't have many millions of dollars of investment in it. Yeah, I can't imagine there's much, if any, proprietary technology. You're basically buying staff, a process, and a brand. Also, congratulations to to Recode, which uh, broke this story. And the URL for the story misspells Brian Lamb's name, but they they seem to have fixed it. So congratulations on Brian. Sure. Brian Lan of uh, the Kiowata. But uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting story. Cool story. Talking about something that's cool, uh, I saw a little video pop my way <laughs> over the last few days, uh, which you've made of a game which is sweeping the nation. It's called Mini Metro. Well, uh, more than that, too. It's It all started, you and I both got our first whiff of this game from an Ask Upgrade. That's where it all yep. started for me, is Jonathan well, Blevins yes. sent us a tweet mm-hmm. saying, hey, have y'all played Mini Metro? Hashtag X upgrade. <laughs> and uh, that was the end of our lives. I did know about this beforehand. And the reason is I've been keeping my eye on this game for a long time. It's been a Mac and PC game. Sure, and yeah. And I've wanted yeah. to play it for a long time. Um, and then friend of the show, John Voorhees of Mac Stories, he sent me... A link and was like, 
how much time have you put into this game yet? I was like, oh my god, I didn't know it was out. <laughs> uh-huh. And I immediately downloaded it, and I think I stayed awake until 1.30 in the morning. It is a game where you are... It's a puzzle game, strategy yeah. game, where you are building out railway lines. Um, and it's mm-hmm. based on many famous uh, systems, railway systems. There is only one worth playing. Uh, in my opinion, which is the London Underground the Tube, mm-hmm. uh, it's the only map that I've played so far, as you can imagine. <laughs> well, it's the um, the well, that's too bad because there's the high speed train you get in Osaka, um, but it's it's uh, it's all based on the classic sort of London Underground, the influential uh, Harry Beck London Underground map style. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, lots of shapes and lots of colored lines. Yep. Um, the idea is that re- you're building a commuter system uh, in which you're trying to move the people from station to station. And the longer you play, the more stations appear, the more passengers appear. And you have to play for as long as you can until the some, well, until game over. And game over is when a station overloads, when you have not yeah. got enough infrastructure in place to pick up the waiting passengers. There's a countdown timer, countdown timer ends, and the game is over. It is really difficult to explain this game in a way that makes it sound interesting, which is why I have no doubt this is why you made a video about it. <laughs> That's exactly it. I, yeah. I thought that this was a perfect kind of game to make a video for. I've been, I've been, I made a video. I did an Altos Adventure video, I think, um, and I think I did one other one. Um, but I want to do for games. Games are a good subject for this, um, and I thought that this was a good example of something that you kind of need to see it and understand what it is. And so I made on Friday afternoon. I basically made a made a little video where I I uh, I, I walk you through sort of how it looks and what it sounds like and how the gameplay works and what the some of the underlying strategy is that kind of takes it up to another another level once you uh, start to understand how the gameplay works. Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, I'm going to yeah. be spending a lot of time in this game because it feels like one of those games that's just going to be pretty timeless. Um, in the amount you know, the amount that you'll be able to get out of it, so uh, I recommend going and playing Mini Metro. There'll yeah. be some links in the show notes for all of that. I agree. Well, 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 worth checking out. I got and I got to refresh my memory about how to do keyframes in uh, Final Cut Pro, so that was good too. Good to remember that because I don't do that a lot with with uh, when I do the Total Party Kill videos. I do a lot of cropping and placement of. Yep. Uh, video files in the larger file, but I don't do um, sort of movement stuff. It's all just kind of cuts. And uh, and with the mini metro thing, I wanted some zoom in and pan across things to to highlight what I was talking about. And uh, I it took me like ten minutes to remember how to set keyframes for animation in Final Cut, but Final Cut Pro 10, again, I mean, I think we talked about this a while ago. I wrote a piece about it for Six Colors um, based on my usage for Total Party Kill, but I realized that if you're somebody who used the old Final Cut and you are used to the that metaphor that Final Cut Pro 10 is can be supremely frustrating, I get it. I get how that's a difficult transition, but for people like us, Mike, who are not professional non-linear video editors i look at, at, at final cut pro 10 and i am amazed at how it. easy it is for me to do i i am i think to myself i wonder if i could do this and like 15 minutes later maybe maybe it's less than that 
I am generally doing that thing that I was wondering yep. about. I just by trying more. a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the first thing I try. I'm like, I wonder if I do this, if it does what? Oh, it does. Like, it's amazing. Other than that, like, I'm in the exact same camp where it's like, I think to myself, is this possible for me to do? And then I'm able to go out and do it. But if I spend enough time where I can't work it out, I can Google it and I will get an answer, which is not the case for all pro applications, right? And and nine times out of 10, the article that helps me is an Apple support document, Hmm. which is also not very common for a lot of even Apple's pro applications. I wonder who's working on those. Somebody is know. working on them, and they are very, very good. They're very, very good. So go pay Mini Metro, then go learn Final Cut. <laughs> for, just for fun. There you go. Before we talk about the upcoming Mac event, there is a Mac-related rumor, Jason, that I would like to get your opinion on. This came out from a few places. Wall Street Journal had an article. Uh, Mac Rumors had a little follow-up piece. Um, I put the Mac Rumors link in because if you are not a uh, subscriber to the Wall Street Journal, then you cannot read their article. So I have not read their article. All I have read is uh, summaries of it. Um, There is some rumors going around that Apple is either A, working with or looking to acquire a company called Sonder, who are making a keyboard with e-ink keys. Now, Sonder's CEO is currently denying with very specifically worded language that he has met with Tim Cook. Um, I think one of the quotes was on Wednesday, the 12th of October, 2016, (laughs) he did not meet with Tim Cook. Didn't didn't meet with him that day. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, make of that what you will. But uh, my eyebrow always raises when it sounds like people are being so very specific about the way that they tell the truth. Right. It's like it's like a child. It's like, you know, I, I definitely did not say that one thing. It's like, okay, you're really dancing around this. Nevertheless. Sources in the know are confirming to many outlets that Apple is working to bring the technology that this company makes to their laptops in 2018. And what it is, is Sonder is making and developing an, a keyboard that has e-ink screens, individual e-ink screens, inside of the keycaps. Now, yep, we spoke about this before. We spoke about the, uh, I think it's the Optimus Prime keyboard. That was the, the thing that everybody was talking about. Uh, is it Optimus Prime? Is it something I like that. I think that's a transformer. It's the it Optimus is. Max, Optimus Maximus, I think. Optimus Maximus. There you go. Or Optimus Popularis. There's, it's Optimus is the name of the of the 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 keyboards that yep. are, but from that one company. Yeah. So we everybody was speaking about them when we heard rumors of the Touch Bar, right? The Function Row Touch Bar. But one of the things that definitely makes sense instead of putting tiny little LCD screens in every key is to put e ink in the keys because that's sure. probably cheaper more battery efficient and i would expect easier to work with um, well certainly if you're apple and you have professed to many people how great it is to have software keyboards because you can do different things with them this would be another way to go which is if you whatever the technology if e-ink is the right thing uh if it's uh more like e-paper which mm-hmm, is like an mm-hmm. lcd kind of technology that's in the pebble if it's uh, oled whatever the technology is you, you the cost is an issue there but the idea it, it's not far-fetched at all i think no. to look five or ten years out and say well of course if we still have physical keyboards 
in five or ten years, they probably won't have the letters engraved on them anymore because they'll probably be able to change based on context. If you switch languages, if you toggle from one language to another, having your your keyboard change underneath you. And, you know, you won't be able to necessarily change the physical shape of the key, but you'll be able to change what those keys mean. And I think that's a cool idea. I really do. I I think that's great. Like, we were just talking about Final Cut. How great would it be to open an application like that and not have to learn the keyboard shortcuts because they're displayed on the keyboard, right? right? Like you don't need to go to a menu and find out what the keyboard shortcut is because you'll just see them in front of you when you open the application. I really mm-hmm. like that idea. Um, it feels like something that is is logical. Like it just seems like it's like, why don't we have that already? You know, like it just seems like that's the way that things should have been when in 2007, Apple decided that they were not going to put a physical keyboard on the iPhone, right? For this reason is that you can then make the keys anything, right? They can do anything because yeah. they're not fixed in position. So this seems like a very logical thing to do. It seems especially logical if we are assuming that the touchscreen function row is happening if that does happen which i think is just a given at this point that we all expect that's happening on the macbook pro this Mm -hmm. seems like a logical next step of even that right we've okay now some of the keys aren't fixed why don't we do it with all of them um i think that this sounds really interesting whether apple goes with this company buys this company or whatever uh it will be interesting to see if if they if it is going to be e ink i would expect there to be an acquisition in apple's future because they do not have any public e ink technology so i wouldn't be surprised if they if they acquired someone who could give them that right and it's funny i mean a lot of this talk is about the sonder company from australia which according to the wall street journal is backed by foxconn so this is one of apple's suppliers so it's entirely possible that apple could do this on the inside or apple could say supply us with these keyboards like you know you you we're placing an order for millions of these keyboards over time or something like that what's interesting about the um the journal story is that it says uh, it will be featured on MacBook laptops according to people familiar with the plans. And it's unclear what's going on here, but I, I it's possible because you hear about this, this company and you think, is this a way to improve the value of this startup and all of that? It's, and that's possible, but I have a hard time thinking that the Wall Street Journal would go with this story if they didn't have some feeling from within Apple that this was real. But I, I, I guess we'll see. I, I, whether, it's, whether it's Apple acquiring... And so, I heard somebody say, well, why, would they, why couldn't they just do this themselves? Why would they acquire... Apple acquires stuff all the time, right? And, and, and this would be the perfect kind of thing where they're like, yeah, we want to own that. And or uses companies to supply their parts for them. Like, that's very yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah, and presumably Apple would do all the software to drive this, right? Mm-hmm. But they, if somebody else has already bitten, built these, you know, built the keycaps, built the controller, whatever it is, then that might be a a way a way in. But also, Apple is not does not have a problem just buying out companies and making them wholly owned uh, Apple subsidiaries, and they yep. get the tech and they get the people and they put them to work on on Apple stuff. So, but regardless of the, this one company, I do think that this is a direction Apple wants to go. And we've joked before about the inevitable uh, Apple laptop that comes with a touchscreen keyboard on it. Mm-hmm. That the, there's just it's like a Nintendo DS. There's just a a second screen on the keyboard part that is a software key 
keyboard most uh, of the time. Lenovo Yoga Book. It's already happened, you know. Well, except except that's not a that's not a programmable touch screen, no, right? But it's just a flat surface. It's basically. just a flat surface. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Apple would ever do that. I think Apple would always part of that change would be it can be anything that yep. the keys can represent anything. I, I think yeah. this is a, this is another way to go, which is people still want the physical uh, feedback of typing and on, on a traditional computer, especially. And they haven't yet gotten to the point where uh, they can make something that feels like a physical keyboard, but is actually not. Maybe they'll get there sometime with various technologies. I know they've, there, there have been some weird patents and people have speculated about stuff like that, but this seems like it's a, it's certainly at least a step along that path which is why have permanent keycaps on the keyboard why not let software do interesting things with them you combine that with what they're probably going to do with this this uh, magic toolbar thing and the macbook pro it all kind of fits together every now and then i feel like that there are rumors that become self-fulfilling and this feels like one of them it's like it doesn't to me it doesn't matter whether apple is talking to this company or not it seems like such a logical thing that people will talk about now over the next year or two, especially after the the, the function row changes, that it's going to happen anyway, like whether it's happening now or not. Like it just feels like this is such a logical thing that if they're not working on it, they will start to work on it because it seems like something that everybody would want. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that that's for me, that's the number one thing about this story is, is this story right or not? I don't know. But I do I know that this is the this is the kind of thing that Apple is going to push toward, and yep. maybe this is the, if this never happens, it's going to be because Apple is going to look at this and say, you know what, this is kind of hacky. It's not really good enough. The user experience isn't good enough. The refresh issues, the 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 contrast on the keys, it'll be stuff like that. But this is definitely the direction they want to go with their technology. It's just a question of is this the right technology? Does it do it in the way that Apple wants? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's a cool idea. Um, so uh, we we will see, but it, it's certainly the kind of thing that that Apple wants to do. All right. After this break, we are going to draft our picks for the October Ooh. Mac event. But first, let me tell you about our first sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Pearl and their Rear Vision backup camera. Pearl believes that the latest in automotive technology should be available to everyone, regardless of how old your car is and whether or not it's time to buy a new one. And this is why they created the Rear Vision backup camera. Pearl's founders all met at Apple, where they together worked on the iPod and the iPhone. So they have pretty good credentials this crew and then they came together as a group because they wanted to put their focus into automotive technology that was something that, that they were all passionate about so they set to work they created pearl and now they have developed the rear vision camera the rear vision is an advanced backup camera and alert system that you can install onto any car in just minutes the wireless solar powered camera frame features dual hd cameras that work in both day and and night with fantastic wide-angle views. And because it's solar-powered, you don't need to worry about any wires, and you don't need to worry about charging it either. It charges because of the sun, which is kind of incredible. This theft-resistant frame installs securely around your license plate, connecting wirelessly to the adapter that you plug into your car's ODB port. Takes just a few minutes to install, get everything up and running. No drilling required, no nothing. It just puts on nice and easy. In a moment, I'm going to ask Jason, because I know he has one, just how easy it was to put on. Utilizing advanced image processing, the adapter that you plug in processes the video stream that it receives from the camera frame to detect obstacles in your path, provide audio and visual alerts, and have this all streamed beautifully 
quickly and easily to the Pearl app on your phone. You get live video. You can pan around to get a good view. So you can kind of touch on the screen and pan around seeing obstacles. You can even see around corners of this thing because of the great wide-angle lenses that the cameras have on them. You can even get, oh, you also, you get a mount for your phone. So they give you a mount so you can easily mount your phone to your dash so you'll be able to do everything hands-free. Now, Jason, I know that you have a, a Pearl Rear Vision. Can you kind of talk me through what it was like to get it set up and how to install it on the car? So yeah, I got one and was installing it over the weekend and uh, it comes in a very, I would say, Apple-like box. I've seen, I got I got an immersion I got a cooker, a, a, a sous vide machine over the weekend too. And I was, I was, I, I was struck for, with both of these products at the influence of Apple's packaging. They're both sort of like white box, uh, really good experience of opening these products. You, and, I, and I just had a moment of like, this is because of Apple. Apple did this, right? Apple made people go, oh, people want a nice experience when they when they buy a product like this, and they want to they want to have a, a pleasant unboxing experience, and it totally was. And they've got uh, there's a a setup manual as well as sort of like because it's a license plate frame, it's uh it's actually also sort of like attached to the frame, so you basically can't not read the manual. I mean, you can because you could rip that out too and be like, I'll just figure it out. But it's very cleverly done, which if you don't bring the booklet with you and you just carry the parts out to the car, the instructions come with you because they're also attached to the uh, to the product itself. And then setting up was pretty easy. I um I have a little, uh, a little uh, ratchet wrench that uh, let me take the two bolts off of my, uh, uh, my car that hold the license plate on. And then what you do is you um, you attach the license plate to a back plate of the pearl using two little rubber screws, um, and then they they attach on the bottom, and then you attach the uh, the license plate and the pearl back plate together with the bolts that I had just taken off of my car, put it back on. So then I've got my license plate and the and the pearl. Uh, sort of. Uh, well, I guess it's a front plate, but the pearl part one, one of the two parts of the pearl that go together, and then, and then what you do is you attach the front portion of the pearl, which includes the the cameras and stuff, mm-hmm. to it to it, and you use the special tool that they've got to lock it in place. Um, with you just screw it a few times with the with the with that that locking tool. At which point you've got your uh, license plate frame that's got embedded backup cameras, and then you plug the um, you plug the, the this little black uh, module into the OBD port on your uh, on your car, and uh, then it pairs with uh, an iPhone app, and then you're up and running. So super easy to install. They give you everything that you need, yeah. as Jason said. And then you'll be fit with a great backup camera. It gives you those alerts. You get great picture quality. It's all streamed to the phone app. Couldn't be simpler. To find out more about the rear vision camera for yourself, just go to pearlauto.com slash upgrade. And if you go there, listeners of this show, so you, dear listener, will get free two-day shipping. This will be automatically applied when you visit pearlauto.com slash upgrade. That's P-E-A-R-L-A-U-T-O dot com slash upgrade thank you so much to pearl with their rear vision camera for supporting the show and relay fm and now let me translate that for americans thank you to pearl rear vision there are a lot of r's in there mike pearl pearl Pearl. there you go rear vision rear vision
Is that there better? you go. Now you sounded a little bit like a, a Texan there. Doesn't Ree! matter. Doesn't matter. At least it's That's American. Good. Thank you. It is time for the third <sighs> draft of the year. Yes. It is the October Mac event draft. I would like mm-hmm. to establish the rules. It's important to have rules, Mike. Important. Five rounds. So there will be five picks each, ten total picks. Yes. The possible picks have all been listed out. There will be no curveballs thrown in. Me and Jason have both looked at all of the possible options and have agreed upon them. Yes. Anything that is picked must be announced on stage or clearly displayed on a slide without contention to win a point. The reason that I'm so very specific about this is I re-listened <laughs> this morning to um, the September draft because I know Why that we that were, we both thought to ourselves that we needed better rules. And I would point out the watch band compatibility pick from the September where we just had to assume that there was watch band compatibility because it looked like it. No, this is a without contention, anything that is picked must be announced on stage or clearly displayed on a slide. I'm going to argue that if you display a watch and it contains bands that are exactly like the bands that everybody's been buying, then that it is actually being displayed on a slide. What I will say here is perhaps we can suggest someone, maybe Stephen Hackett, as the ultimate authority in case of uh, a disagreement between Perfect. us. That is the okay. contention part of it. Somewhere Stephen Hackett is just like, no, so no, So there will why? be an adjudicator in case okay. the contention is brought to four. Yes. And that, that person's ruling is final. The person, this is the most exciting part to me, because of the scoring, the person who wins this draft is draft champion for the year. Because this is the third, and and I will assume final event, right? Didn't know it was best two out of three, but okay. But it is, though. We've got one each. There's not going to be a fourth event this year. Nope. So whoever wins, wins. All right. That was never the plan, but it's worked out that way. Okay. All right. First annual, we'll say. If you win, you can be the first annual champion, because I know you like that so much. And you'll be the first ever champion. It's not a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I have my list in front of me. Because I, uh, as I do, I have ranked what I think are the most likely picks. Now, you were the winner of the previous draft. So as yes. per the previous rules, you get to pick first. Oh, that's very nice of you. Well, uh, when I, I picked first last time because I won the first yes. one. So Yes. And you, I think you picked the first the first time, too, because I was generous. Yep. That, showed, that was my mistake. Well, then it's very easy for me to pick. My first pick is going to be there will be a new MacBook Pro. Yep. I think they will mention it on stage. That was my number one pick as well. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, I think they will mention that on stage and and also have some slides. Yeah, I think I think there will be no contention there. Yeah, I think this is. Um, I think when we look at this now, um, with this event just a couple of days away, I think it's clear to everybody that this is the MacBook Pro event first and foremost right like yes we know it's a mac event apple's made that very clear with like the hello on the you know we, we get the joke um and it's obviously it's time for max but i think irrespective of whatever there may be announced at this event the macbook pro will take center stage 
Yeah, I think I think it has to be. I think the MacBook Pro is the reason for the event, right? Yes. They, they've they've got a completely redesigned MacBook Pro. They didn't get a chance to show it off at a previous event, even though they that initially that was apparently the the plan. They uh, don't want to put out a brand new MacBook Pro. They get the, once every three or four years they get to do this, where they've got this new technology they want to show off with a with a the touch bar thing, and they you don't do that by press release. So they have to have an event. It's the reason the event happens. Mm-hmm. Then you do some other stuff but they didn't you know they didn't need an event last year when all they did was they did that 4k imac and all of that they didn't they didn't need a big event for that they just mentioned it at the at the earlier event but but for this one they need to give it its own space and that's why it has to be there at number one this is quite possibly the biggest change to the macbook pro since the retina screen which was a very long time ago now so yeah and and that that's basically the same one so based upon um, your pick, I will go for my number one pick, that the MacBook Pro will include the touchscreen function row. This has been widely rumored that the function row, the FN keys, will be replaced with a new touchscreen, which will be adaptable uh, per mm-hmm. application and will feature a bunch of new Apple-included things. That that's a, um, that's a wild pick there. I wonder where you got that idea. No... <laughs> No clue. No clue. It's going to be interesting to see the details on that, right? Because this is the case um, where we know uh, we know hardware rumors and we know kind of vague. Once you get to the software and how it's going to be used and how it's going to be marketed, everything gets a little bit hazy because the um, the sources for that are not quite as good necessarily or the sources are so good that they have to kind of cloak what they leak because they... Uh, they don't want to be identified, but that's that's a part that's all yeah, that hazy stuff is privy us. to less people. And I love I love that about it, right? Because that's that's your genuine mystery is not just what we always say here, which is what's the story Apple tells, but like what are the decisions they made? What are the details with something like this touchscreen? Like, is there going to be a moment? I would imagine there needs to be that 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 when they go into these presentations, they they have to have that moment where everybody goes, oh, like I had no idea. It never occurred to me that you yeah. could do that mm-hmm, with this thing. Mm-hmm. What is that? what's that going to be um i'm very very interested in the details you're up oh man um i don't this now now it's getting a little tough it's getting a little scary i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with the touch id sensor yes a good pick um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the touch id sensor because it just seems I'm not 100% on this, you know, I'm not 100%, but it seems to me that the watch unlock feature in Sierra is a fallback if you don't have a Touch ID Mac. And the rumors are that this has Touch ID. I feel less like less uh, confident about that than I do about the touch screen for some reason. It's just, it's never, it's never, mm. I, my, my number two would be the touch screen, which you picked, but I, I think it's going to happen mostly because not only are those rumors out there, but because of Sierra that, that Apple pay and the watch unlock both feel like fallback features. Well, we can use the secure element in your phone or your watch. If you don't have a device that has touch ID on yeah. it. Yep. What's that device? This is that device. This is what they're why those features really exist. So I, I, I feel like that gives me the confidence to pick it second. So my my this is my next up for the reason of if you took away the reported rumors and gave me all of this information. So you told me you gotta pick 
out of these two things. Either Apple's going to put a Touch ID sensor in the MacBook Pro, or they're going to replace the function keys of a touchscreen bar. And we are where we are today with Sierra and everything we know about Sierra. 100% every time I pick the Touch ID sensor. It is a product that already exists, Touch ID, right? It's something that is on other devices, and it enables the Mac to do some interesting things. And it's clear right. from what is in Sierra that they want to put those features into the Mac. The best way to do that is the way Apple already knows how to do it, which is to put a Touch ID sensor into the Mac. Right? Like It just seems like a more... I, I know why you're arming and arming about it, but I think that if you gave me these two things, these two rumors at the exact same time, both completely cold, I would go Touch ID every time. Sure. It's more consistent with Apple's product line. Uh-huh. It's just not... The, the touchscreen seems like a much stronger... That 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 rumor has been much clearer than the Touch ID sensor rumor for whatever reason. And so I, maybe just because it's more visible in the leaked parts and things. But I agree with you. Touch ID on the Mac actually is the like very consistent for, from uh, Apple's product direction for the last few years. My next pick, I almost feel bad for doing this because, you know, we're expecting this to be a Mac event. But I believe we're going to get a shipping date announced for the AirPods. Um, the AirPods were due to be out in October. We are merely a few days away from the end of October. I think that they're going to be on stage, they'll say, and they are shipping today. Remember we spoke about these amazing things, and you'll be able to use them with your Mac. Maybe Uh we don't know yet. You might have to use them with one of the Macs. We don't know. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, But I think that they're going to give some time to AirPods um, on stage to refresh the memory about those because they have everybody in the room. Um, they will give them out to reviewers, etc., uh, etc., et and uh, yeah. they'll start pushing from there. I, th- I think that AirPods will, will have some time in the event on Thursday. I think this is a likely scenario, and I had it fairly high on my list. I do have that moment. It's a little bit like the moment of paranoia when I picked the new MacBook Pro, where I thought, what if they change the name? Oh, no. Um, then we'll get a ruling from Stephen Hackett. But No, if they change uh, the name of the MacBook Pro, if it's clear it's a MacBook Pro, we're all good. Uh, yeah, I think so. But again, you know, it is. I had that moment with the AirPods. It's the same thing. It's it's a. Uh, it's will they mention it on stage? If if we saw the Nike announcement, right? They didn't do that with AirPods and announce that they're shipping on Friday, which they could have. Um, I I think giving another push to AirPods on stage makes sense. And if they do a ten minute uh, summary of what else is going on before they get to the Mac, 15 minute summary, something like that. This would clearly be high on the list. I also wonder if there might possibly be a, uh, a Sierra update that they promote that shows the AirPods working and pairing immediately with a Mac. If you start it there, something like that, where they might like say, and it works with the Mac too. There could be a Mac angle there. If they wanted to do that, so I think they're. I, I so I think you're right. I think that this is a this is a pretty likely pick. The only reason that it wouldn't happen is if they felt like they had other things to talk about. They didn't need to give it another push, and you know they just put out a press release saying, you know, shipping by the end of October. We meant it. It's tomorrow. Enjoy. But I think it probably will get mentioned. Oh no, it's my time now. Yep. It's my turn. It's starting to get a bit tricky now. I have a few floating around for my next one, and just can't pick from from which. 
I'm going to choose that the MacBook Pro will ship without any standard USB ports, without any traditional USB ports. Ooh, this was a rumor that came out as well in the past week, right? Um, that's my that's my 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 take is going to be it's all going to be you know USB. If it's if there's USB on it, it's going to be USB C slash Thunderbolt three and none of the traditional ports. Now, I know I'm taking a chance here. What I've got going for me is Apple, <laughs> right? I have Apple just being defiant and saying, look, this is the future. Get on board. Get an, get an adapter if you need it. And we're moving on because this is the future. We're not going to do a transitional one that's got some of one and some of another. This is it. We're, we're, we're on it. And, and so that makes me want to pick it. So I'm going to pick it. I have some feelings about this. Yeah, sure. This feels a little... I mean, I can see this happening, but it feels a little user-hostile for the <laughs> MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, in <laughs> sure a way does. that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. I mean, doing this to the MacBook, a new product, um, I can kind of get it. Uh, in the same way that, you know, like, when Apple have released new laptops they will maybe release one of them and keep the old ones on sale. Maybe they'll do that here, but I think that yeah. this product has been waited on for too long to do that with. Like when they released the Retina MacBook, it had some things that it took away, but they kept that, the Retina MacBook Pro, they kept that on the line and then kept the old ones. Keeping uh-huh. these current old computers around seems like a bit of a slap in the face, right? To so like, oh, if you can want to continue using USB without adapters, you've got to keep buying the ones that are very, very old at this point. Or just um, keep using the one you've got. I think that would yeah. be their argument is if you're going to buy a brand new computer with all this great new technology in it, guess what? You can buy a little adapter so that your old USB stuff plugs into it. <laughs> if you're going to spend more than $1,000 on this thing, spend thirteen or $1,400 on this thing, you can you can survive. And maybe, who knows, maybe there'll be a little adapter in the box. Apple seems to be doing that maybe these days will. too. But I just think on the pro computer, like even if you want to do this, just give one. <laughs> You know, I, I, there's just something about it that makes me uncomfortable. I I agree with you, but I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna you know this is me closing one eye and throwing a dart, and I think uh, it just sounds very much like what yeah. Apple's doing let's, in 2016. Let's be honest, this is not a far fetched thing, right? <laughs> no. Like this is there is lots and lots of established uh, examples of this. Ample precedent for this sort of behavior. <laughs> In the last two months or so, there you know, mm-hmm. this has happened. Mm-hmm. Whilst there are things that I could also pick from our list which fit with that line of thinking, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think that there will be a 13-inch laptop called the MacBook, not called MacBook Air. Um, and that kind of, I, I see if you'll agree with me on that. Ah. This isn't necessarily a part of the rumor, a part of the pick here, but this also kind of signals the end of the 11-inch MacBook Air's life, that there will be two products in this line. There is the 12-inch MacBook and the 13-inch MacBook. I don't know what that product looks like. I don't know if that is a 13-inch version of the current 12-inch or if it is the current Air with some new stuff inside it Called the MacBook, and that the Apple were going to shrink the line up a little bit. 
and I think I said I think I said on on this show previously, but I, I mean, my feeling is that the MacBook versus MacBook Air distinction comes back down to physical design of the hardware. Maybe I mentioned that on the Six Colored podcast with Dan, but the idea that if it looks like a MacBook Air, they'll call it a MacBook Air. But if it looks like the MacBook have actually changed the style of it, and maybe it doesn't have a big silver bezel around the monitor and things like that, if it looks and it's got color options, if the if all of that is true, even if it's essentially the follow-on to the MacBook Air in that it's got a fan and it's got a uh, it's got a more powerful processor and all of those things. If it looks like the MacBook, they'll call it a MacBook. That's what I think. And I don't even know if it will have a Retina screen. If it's the old styling, they'll call it the MacBook Air. I don't know. I don't think they can they can put it in a they can call it a MacBook and have it not have a Retina screen. I think that's. I don't think they can uh, do that. I don't know. I mean, I I mean, you know, maybe I'm showing my hand the later picks. I do think that it will. I think the air. I think the air dies on Thursday. I think there is no okay. MacBook Air anymore, and that we, there is just the MacBook, and it comes in twelve and thirteen. I'm I'm fifty fifty on this. I think Me it's too. It just as I think it's just as easy that they that they do an upgrade to the air to keep it around a little bit longer, and. Uh, and uh, not change its industrial design with an eye toward eventually, you know, eventually migrating the MacBook. But maybe it's the time yep. now. I think it's a. I think it's as likely as not for me. So I think that's a pretty good. That's pick. how I feel. And I, but I feel like it wouldn't be a draft if I didn't kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit. Oh, we got to take chances. I did the no standard USB ports, right? Yep. I think that I think we're taking a chance there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna take an, I'm gonna take another chance with my next pick, which is I'm gonna say that the new MacBook Pro has the wide p3 color gamut now i want to just make sure that i understand this this isn't necessary for the draft part but just from my understanding is that the p3 is that what the imac has or is that what the phone has or is that what they both have like they both That's what have they that. both have it's a it's in the iphone 7 and 7 plus and it's in the the uh 2015 model 4k and 5k imacs so this would be now the macbook pro will also have the wide color support that's my prediction. I think that's a really strong pick. I don't say. think I've seen that actually reported anywhere, but I'm going to pick it anyway because it just seems logical to me. Like I feel like that can't come from the supply chain. Like yeah. who knows? Well, they might know if that panel has that support or not, right? Maybe and maybe it has been reported, but it just again, what way is is the wind blowing here for Apple? I feel like they want that wider color gamut and everything. This is a professional laptop. They're going to have professional photographers and designers using it. They want to be able to provide some device that can see those wide color photos that isn't a huge monitor on your desk or an iPad or a phone. And that means MacBook Pro. I think that makes a lot of sense because Pro Right, you know, like yep. they spent a lot of time with the iMac talking about photography, and so I, th- I think we may see that here. I think that's a strong pick. Uh, I'm going to go for a safe one now. Okay, refreshed iMacs. All right. I don't know what that means. Right, like I have no, I have no kind of color on it, but that's what I think. So the last two years. So two years ago, they did an event and they brought out the new iMac 5K. Last year, they they refreshed the iMac 5K. They put in the, the wide color gamut and they added the 4K iMac. So this would logically be a time when Apple would update the iMacs. They'd have faster processors. They would you know just be fresh for the fresh for the fall. The only thing that gives me any hesitation here is that there was that report that said that the iMacs aren't ready. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't announce them and then ship them in November if they have to yeah. or later. But but uh, this is logically when that's going to happen. So I think you're taking a little bit of a chance, but it's yep. not a huge chance. 
And if I was going to say anything, like what I think could be here, like just to throw it out there, um, I think that this will be maybe the first Mac or one of the first Macs to get True Tone. Um, oh, interesting. And, and or Night Shift. Mm. I think mm. the, the iMac has shown precedent over the last five years of being the first Mac to get the fancy screen stuff, right? The color and the 5K and all that shebang. Mm-hmm. It may be the first to kind of push that a little bit further um, to take advantage of two pretty cool features that Apple has only on some iOS devices, which really would do uh, a good job on the Mac, I think, uh, especially Night Shift. As I look at my Mac right now, um, as I'm using Flux and it's starting to change color, uh, it surprises me that they haven't put this in the Mac yet, and maybe they were waiting for a product to do it. All right, interesting. Very interesting. I am really torn now because I the, the stuff we've got left on our possible pick list... I don't love any of it. Gets a little ropey at this point. It does. It does. Um, are we going to do five or are we going to keep going? What do you think? It's totally up to you. I think we should do seven because okay. we have more than enough here. Let's do it. Let's do it then. All right. Well, I'm going to go with a very specific prediction for number five, which is that all the Macs that are updated or announced, I suppose it's announced on stage as being updated right because it's on stage will have USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 ports not necessarily every port but all of them will have at least one USB-C or Thunderbolt 3 port because i think this is it i think this is the pivot for apple i think this is when we start to see USB-C in the entire product line and it may you know there may be some product that gets a, a an update that nobody talks about that's not even on a press release and that's on the Apple store and they don't talk about it, that is a laggard here. Mm -hmm. But I think any of the products that they talk about on stage will be getting USB-C slash Thunderbolt 3. So my feeling about that is that that prediction hinges on what happens to the MacBook Air. I think you're right. If the MacBook Air sticks around, then that will not come true because they will keep it exactly the same, I think. I don't think that they would change the I.O. on it, but, but we'll see. I'm going to go out on another limb here. So we have, okay. I think, we have three product lines left to talk about a refresh from the Mac. Uh-huh. And the one that I'm going to go with next, because I think if they're going to do it any time it will be now, is that Apple will refresh the Mac Pro. <gasps> this feels like if they're going to do it, they would do it now to appease the same group of people that they appeased when they introduced this product. Now, by refresh, you really literally mean they mention on stage that there has been a change of some sort to the Mac Pro in terms of its specs. It is still the trash can. I think that it will be beefed up processes, better... I mean, if they totally redesign it, you, that counts too, as far as I'm concerned. Sure, but the I idea mean, that is, will be the biggest refresh possible. Short, short of them that. leaving it alone and just cutting the price or not mentioning it all. Yeah. But but if they if they change the specs on the Mac Pro and yeah. mention that on stage, you get this one. Some change to the internals, which I think they're going to do. I yeah. think we're going to get better processors. I think we're going to get better uh, graphics cards. And I think we're going to see USB-C on it. Um, and I think that there is enough that they can change in the Mac Pro that I think they are much more likely to talk about this than the other products that we have left. So my concern here, and this is something that anybody who listens to ATP knows, is that in terms of timing, they're in between 
Xeon revisions for the Mac Pro. So if they update it now, they're actually updating it to chips from six months ago. Does Apple care about that? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get what Marco especially says about how it's like what you want to do is release it when the new ones come out. I get that. At the same time, it's so old. Any change is good. <laughs> Apple could just change it to the ones that are six months old and change to modern GPUs. Yep. And it's still going to be better news than what's out there. And maybe then maybe they do slip to the next generation in six or nine months. Mm -hmm. There's nothing stopping them nope. from doing that. But it gets that refreshed. For me, this hinges on the external display. Is there a retina yes. external display or not? And if that's not ready... I think they would push off a Mac Pro announcement. But if it is ready, then I think it's a natural to say, look, it works with the new Mac Pro. It works with the MacBook Pro. It, you know, all of the, it works with the new iMacs. They all work with this external display. Isn't that amazing? And it's part of that larger story. And I hope that happens. But, you know, the Mac Pro, that's what, that's, I'm inclined to, to agree with you on this because of that, because of the fact that it's been so long that maybe Apple doesn't care if it's a six-month-old processor because yep. it's better than what they've got now by a lot. With a six-month-old processor, they can draw graphs on stage where they have 2x, 5x, 10x performance increases. I think uh -huh. at this point, Apple has shown that they are not, for whatever reason, they are not completely focused on keeping all of their Macs up to date with the latest and greatest CPUs. This is not something that is at the top of Apple's list for many different reasons, some that I will agree with, some that I won't, right? Like, I can see why they would want to make sure that they try and keep it standard. They want to make sure that they're maximizing the profit they can make out of the computers, and that means keeping them around for a little longer. I get all of this as a business. That's why I think they might do it, even though that they're in between. I will say about the, I mean, and so I will pull back the curtain here. The Retina external display is in our possible picks list. Neither of us have picked it yet, but I will say I think that they would still do this even if the Retina display hmm. is six months away and pre-announce the Retina display. It's not going to cannibalize wow. any product that Apple currently has. Well, that's true. Because they don't sell one. And it will placate the people that want it. They'll say that we're working on it. It's going to have this and it will be out then. And I will say that the, the Trashcan Mac Pro is why they would do that, right? When they first announced that, that thing was like six months away. But they mm -hmm. needed to do it then for whatever reason they needed to do it. I think that they might do that with the Retina display. If it's not ready, I think it wouldn't stop them at this point from updating these computers. Because the MacBook Pro needs this as well. But they're not going to delay that for it. We will see. I'm going to go with a, with a wacky one. Wackier than we've been up to now even. Which is, I think that Apple will mention in some way that developers will get some sort of access to the magic toolbar thing on the MacBook yep. Pro. I am the nod about this one. I, I, I'm the, well, that's why I'm picking it sixth. <laughs> but my feeling is that they will make some sort of promise about how your favorite apps, I mean, e even if what they say is your favorite apps will be able to use this. Yep. Which is, that is enough. Yeah. That is enough. But this, this is the question is, is it only for system right now? I, I th Sure, it's inevitable that you will have access from other things, I think. But will they mention it on stage as a part of this? As one of the great features is that your favorite apps will be able to access this and do that mm -hmm. in some way. That the developers will have some sort of access to the to that uh, device. And if they do that, if they, if they talk about third-party apps being able to use it, then that one is a checkmark. 
I'm going to go next up and say that the current 12-inch MacBook, a.k.a. MacBook One or MacBook Adorable, will get a speed bump mentioned on stage. And <gasps> this is this is me doubling down. So this is MacBook Adorable late 2016, yep. a second update in the calendar year. I am doubling down <laughs> on my MacBook line here that they will say it's going to join this one on in the line which also today gets this which the other Thunderbolt one has. 3 presumably yeah. and so that, that I think it will be something if 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 it goes the way I, th- I think it might or way at least I'm picking where they say we have this 13 inch MacBook it looks like this you can get it in these colors it has this display it has Thunderbolt 3 it joins the 12 inch in the line which as of today also gets this this and this all right I'm trying my best here to think of how Apple events are run and that that's the way that I think that that one will work. Do you think this is going to be a primary... This is not... I, we can put this in the draft I haven't thought of it. Do you think it's going to be a primarily Schiller fest? Maybe a bit of Federighi? It's probably just going to be the two of them, right? I expect. Yeah, I, if I had to predict, it would be like Tim at the beginning for an update and then, uh, and then Phil and maybe Craig. Yeah, they're the Mac guys. Seventh and final pick, Mr. Snow. So many to choose from. None of them. None of them have a huge confidence in me. <laughs> I put some wacky ones in here yeah. that I'm tempted to pick that are pretty, pretty wild. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Well, one of them is Mac Pro mentioned in any way on stage, which I like because that basically is like we didn't do anything with the Mac Pro suckers, <laughs> and that would count, right? Or or we will update the Mac Pro next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that although I like I like dreaming about Apple mentioning products they're not updating on stage, I, I and I picked that in previous drafts, that hasn't happened. So I'm going to go to counter your Mac Pro refresh. I'm going to go with the Retina external display. The the that some external display will be shown on stage, whether it's pre-announced or announced or whatever. The existence of a an Apple branded external display that will connect to the MacBook Pro and presumably a new version of the Mac Pro or whatever. Let's just put it in there that 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 will uh, get some screen time. We're finally going to get a replacement for the old Thunderbolt display. For my final pick, I'm going to hedge my own bets with refreshed MacBook Air without Retina Display. Oh, look at that. That'd be something if you got both of those. (laughs) Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah, they they refreshed the MacBook Air and uh, introduced a new (laughs) MacBook. Yeah, so that's me hedging my bets. uh, Because something's going to happen to the MacBook Air, whether they rev it or they they they, they, they're done with it. Um, What if nothing happens? Then it would be it'd be very very surprising. <laughs> should we run through because at least they're worth oh, mentioning? Yes, we should. The final the, the, these are the last five things that were not picked from our possible picks. So right. I want to mention too, Joe Steele in the chat room picks. So he'll get a point if he gets this right. He picks a 4K Apple TV. Hmm. That could happen. So it's possible that if we're completely wrong and this is entirely an Apple TV event, that Joe Steele wins the draft. Just possible. That is a possible swerve product. Yeah, right. It's possible. It's it's uh, it would be time for that. It's a weird event for that. And uh, but but hey, I think that's a cool. I think that's a cool pick. So good job, Joe. You get a point. Uh, and you would finish third. Just as you mentioned the phrase, it would be time. 
something we should mention that I think we're both pretty much in complete agreement on, but if we don't mention it, people will ask us. Even though it would be one year since the 9.7-inch iPad Pro was introduced, I think we are both very confident that there will be no iPads introduced on Thursday. No refreshes, nothing. Because we feel like that's they're moving that to the spring. That when the when the when the nine point seven got announced, um, oh yes, it's the twelve nine. Sorry, not that the, the twelve nine will 9/7. now yep. slide to that new mm-hmm. date, and that there might even be an iOS update that goes along with it that in, improves some iPad features. Yep, that's the that's the theory. You could have picked it. We could have picked it, but we didn't, and that's why. Because we're both, I think we're both very confident in in the, the things that we've heard and just what we assume based on release. Schedules yeah. and stuff. That the twelve nine is less important than nine seven. And Joe says that uh, the Chromecast is getting four K Google Play videos come November. So it would seem that perhaps iTunes would also get that sort of digital yep. catalog of four K movies, and that having a four K that is, you know, it's a differentiator on those boxes that they that they do four K. Whether people have the TVs and can tell the difference and all that is still an argument. But uh, having Apple have a presence at the top at the top of the line of the Apple TV that was yes, this does four K would be. Uh, it would be another check mark on that product, and they could probably release it with essentially nothing else, right? Just and it does. This is a new Apple TV model that does 4K, and otherwise it looks exactly like the other Apple TVs, and they're done. I can see them quite easily just saying that they don't care, though, as well, like that they just don't care. Yeah, that's why we didn't pick it, and that it will come later. But Joe gets that. Joe gets that pick. It is, it is a solid. It's a solid pick to think that something might happen with the Apple TV. I'll tell you what, um, and this is against Joe's will, but um, I'm going to give all of the picks we didn't pick to Joe Steele. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> okay, we'll just, uh, Joe Joe and other Upgradians, we'll say. It's yep. the field. That's good. It's the field picks. So they get uh, so, they get 4K Apple TV. Yep. And so the Upgradians also will get... If the MacBook Air is refreshed with the Retina display, so the current MacBook Air with the big silver bezel, nothing changes. Well, maybe it could get some other things, but it gets the Retina display, but looks exactly the same. Uh-huh. Uh, a USB-C to standard USB adapter or a dock will be mentioned on stage. Right, and I envision this as one of these things that Phil Schiller would toss off, basically like... And for your old USB peripherals, there's an adapter in the box, or we'll sell an adapter, something like that. That they, as part of this USB C transition, they will they will pay lip service to the fact that you can adapt to the old stuff. They will also get the you are uh, upgradians led by Joe Steele. Uh, at least one Mac will ship without a headphone jack. This is my trolling entry, which is like, can you imagine? But it could happen. It could be that 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 uh, MacBook adorable that you picked with a speed bump. Could it be that it has two USB-C and no headphone jack? Could it be? It could be. It could be. Or, or they replace the headphone jack with a lightning port. Also possible. People, we didn't say these were the good ones. These are the ones that were left over. Don't yeah. get excited about winning the draft. That's all we're saying. It's very unlikely that you'll win the draft. Uh, Mac Pro mentioned on stage in any way is in there. Yes. Yeah, that's my, you know, hey, we'll update the Mac Pro eventually. <laughs> or this also works with the Mac Pro or something. Just existence of Mac Pro acknowledged is what that entry is. Refreshed Mac Mini. Right there. <laughs> Right there at the bottom. They, I believe they may do it, but if they do it, they're not putting that on stage. I think it's very possible. If they refresh everything, the Mac Mini will get something. 
literally it would have to be like a slide where they show other systems and they say we also are announcing upgrades you know updates to the iMac and and Mac Pro and Mac Mini today next right mm-hmm. that would be basically i think that's the that's the best case scenario for the Mac Mini is that it is mentioned in passing or appears on a slide <laughs> so this does mean though that the upgradians only get 6 where we get 7 what should the seventh pick be then? iPads. We're going to give the field iPads? Yep. I can't think of anything else. Oh, how how about this? I got one. I got one. iPod Touch. You know what? That's better than iPads. <laughs> yeah, right? You never know. Yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> so that's the that's the basket of bad that we're giving to Joe and the other upgradians. Those are our field picks. Good luck to you all. So now if if a Mac mini gets mentioned on stage, all of the upgradians will cheer. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh I there may be some things in this list, right? That that, that the upgradians may get, but yep. they're not going to be us. I think not. If if you get any, I think we're more likely to get a few more. So there you go. That is that is the draft. Of course, there will be a scorecard in the show notes, so you will nice. be able to play along at home. I would like to make it very clear in advance. It doesn't matter what you say of the scores. <laughs> we decide the scores. Yeah. No giving three points to Jason for ra- something random um, because they introduced three MacBook Pros <laughs> or something. That's not no. how it works. No, that's not how it works. But you will be able to play along at home. Please send mm-hmm. us in your scorecards, but it will not affect the final score. The only person who can affect the final score outside of me and Jason is our adjudicator, who has not agreed to be adjudicator, <laughs> nope. Mr. Stephen Hackett. Stephen Hackett. And if he can't fulfill the uh, fulfill the the job, then it goes to I think it goes to Joe Steele at that point. No, because Joe might rule in his favor completely. <laughs> well, that would be something to see, right? He has the opportunity to to snatch this. I think I think we've done some important work here today. This has become quite quickly my favorite thing about Apple events is drafting them. <laughs> it's just adds a level of excitement. You know, these days we know everything that's going to happen, but what you don't know is who's going to win. Okay, we'll make we're going to make Kathy the uh, Kathy the backup for Stephen. Okay, Mrs. Okay. Soup in the chat room. She's the backup. But I think Stephen will be able to uh, fulfill this duty. He's I think a so. level-headed person. Yeah, so uh, this just adds a level of excitement to the events now. I know it does, right? It does. I have to. I have to try and focus on my job and not on who's winning the draft. While <laughs> I was announcing, focus things. completely on who's winning the draft, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I just deal with everything else later on. So yeah, we'll be talking. You will find out uh, next week for sure on next week's episode of Upgrade who has won the draft. And if you're looking for analysis and thoughts uh, following the keynote, you want to tune in to Connected. At Relay FM, where me and Stephen and Federico Vitici will be discussing the Mac events. I feel like Federico is going to be very quiet on this week's episode yeah. uh, of Connected, but he will be there to, to maybe oh. provide some moral support for me and Stephen along the way. <laughs> maybe. I really feel sorry for Stephen in all of this. This is all heavily on his shoulders uh, it because it, there is there is a level of apathy about the Mac on Connected, which it's like a sliding scale. That poor guy. But he can do it. And he's very excited. Steven's very excited. We got to put people who care about the Mac on these podcasts. It's tough to be the person who cares about the Mac when you're surrounded by people who don't. 
I mean, last week's episode would say that you might be moving away, isn't it? <laughs> but only only when I'm traveling. I mean, I I, th- I thought I made it clear, although I did hear from that there was some peculiar feedback we got about that. But it's like I sit at my desk in front of a Mac for like eight or ten hours a day. It's pretty much my primary thing that I that I use. So I'm not moving away from the Mac at all. But uh, Connected's got a good mix, right? Of yeah. Stephen, who's who's almost entirely Mac, and you, who was Mac for work things and iPad for everything else, and then Federico, who's all iOS. So it's a good good mixture. It is a good mix. All right, this week's episode right. um, and ask upgrade for this week is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. So with Text Expander, you are able to communicate smarter. Text Expander puts the power of text shortcuts in the palm of your hands. And what does this mean? Well, it means if just a few keystrokes to your keyboard, which who knows what material it may be made out of in a few years, but text expander will still work, you'll be able to expand phrases, sentences, paragraphs, maybe even images. Whatever you need will appear in a flash. With text expander, you can speed through and customize your repetitive tasks, your repetitive stuff, your repetitive snippets of text all with the use of Text Expander. I love their fill-in snippets. Now, the fill-in snippets are great. You can set them up so you can type out a bunch of text and select a few areas which will, when you activate the keystroke, will pop up and either let you select from a drop-down or enter in some text, some some you know blank text. You have like a blank text field that you can type stuff. Or even, once the snippet is complete, to set the cursor in a specific place. So I do this. I use this where I can activate a snippet. I can type in some stuff, so into an email that I'm writing. I can select some things on some drop-downs and then have the cursor placed in somewhere so I can paste something in. This takes emails that would take me, you know, like a minute or two to write. I'm able to get them written in like 20 seconds with Text Expander. This is the type of stuff that just saves you so much time. And talking about saving time, if you're a Text Expander user, you can find out exactly how much time has been saved. So I have found out that I have saved 18.14 hours of my life because of Text Expander. It's kind of cool, really, when all I'm doing is just typing. So 18 hours of typing has been saved for me with Text Expander. It is amazing as well for standardizing and improving written replies between you and your team because now with Text Expander's sharing system that they have, you're able to share answers amongst the whole company. You know, this makes sure that whether you're typing Mac OS instead of OS X or if you're filling in some big, large support documents and sending out emails to people. You will have these snippets with you all the time. You can format dates, correct misspellings, search collective knowledge, and so much more. You can try TextExpander for free for 30 days. TextExpander subscriptions include software for the Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Windows, which is currently in beta. But we have a very special offer this week. We don't do this very often. So if you, for some reason you've not yet signed up for TextExpander, if you go to smilesoftware.com slash upgrade, you can get a 50% discount on your first year of a TextExpander Lifehacker subscription plan. This offer ends on November 15th. So go to smilesoftware.com slash upgrade to find out more and sign up today. Thank you so much to Smile for their support of this very show. Yay. Mr. Jason Snell, it is time for Ask Upgrade, sent with lasers. Yes, let's do it. Let's uh, just, uh, it's been a long show, but let's uh, get some quickly in, in here before we go. 
Rob would like to know, I'm looking for over-ear wireless headphones to keep my ears warmer in the winter. Do you think there's any chance that the Beats Studio line will get the W1 chip? So the Studio line, so the current ones, the Solos, they kind of sit on the ears. They're smaller. The Studio lines go completely over the ears. They're like the bigger ones. Um, I think that this is likely, it's very likely that more Beats headphones will get the W1 chip in them. At least it is more likely than any other headphones getting the W1 chip. Right, like it's. I think it's yeah. more likely that there will be more Beats headphones that get it than Bose, for example. Yeah, I. Well, of course, I think that's absolutely true, and I imagine that they Apple will want this in the entire Beats line um, uh, eventually. Beyond that, I don't know because I don't understand um, over ear headphones or mm-hmm. winter. <laughs> Californian. Angela yep. wants to know: Do you guys use apps like Little Snitch or Little Flocker to protect against malware or ransomware? I don't. Me either. I knew this was going to be our answer. Like, I think we're both very confident in this. We just do not ever think or care about malware, viruses, ransomware on our Macs. Maybe you should. You probably should. Um, so don't take our advice. This is not. This is not advice endorsed by the Upgrade Program. But this is just not something that I think about at all. Yeah, I th- I feel like there are just too many false positives for, for stuff like this. And I have backups. If somebody really were to ransom my data, I would just use the backups. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but I don't run antivirus software either. So, you know, Me either. I'm not saying that this is for this is for everybody, but I don't use any of that stuff. Nathan asked a question that really made my eyebrows raise. (laughs) I've heard a lot of people talking about wanting to replace their MacBook Pros. Do you think the MacBook Pros that will be announced this week will be supply constrained? I went, hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Very good question. It is a good question. Probably yes. And it's going, I think, in two ways. There'll be way more people that want them than they're going to make. And because it is a product which has this new feature, which it seems like it's already been delayed, maybe. There ain't there's a strong chance of supply constraints. Oh, Mike, you know, I just thought of a great draft pick that we didn't make, which was colors on the MacBook Pro. Oh! That would have been a good one, because yeah. what I was going to say to Nathan is, you may be able to get a MacBook Pro, but only in rose gold, and you're going to have to decide, do I want a rose gold MacBook Pro or not? I don't know if they're going to make those in colors or not. It would be great if they if did. If they make rose gold ones, that's the one I am buying, either ah, that see, or the gold you. one. I'm going gold or rose gold. I've had enough of silver computers <laughs> even then it's not enough for me you know yeah. like it's just a black one I, I want colors in my computers mm, um, i know you do so you can cover them with stickers so i can cover them with stickers well you know then you but not on the inside you know i want to see something anyhow uh yeah i reckon there definitely will be colors um and i am i'm interested to think what that could look like from a supply constraint perspective all right joe and joe and other upgradings you get colors on the macbook pro congratulations Which means we need to take one away from them so let's take the ipod touch away okay so that is one that i think they're probably very likely to get so we've just yeah. given you one there upgradings are we nice i think they will be supply constrained nathan something yeah. to think about i think that is probably true Mudkip asked, uh, Mudkip didn't have a name attached to the Twitter profile. Mudkip is a Pokemon. Anyhow, uh, mm-hmm. do either of you change the icons of folders on your Macs? That's a great question. There was a time back in the day when mm-hmm. this was the most common thing that you did to your Mac. Is candy bar. Custom, custom icons on your folders and on your hard drive and all of that. And at some point I just stopped 
I I don't I don't do it anymore. I used to have them. Um, all all of my stuff had uh, custom icons and stuff, but at some point I just uh, I stopped. I don't know why. Here's the thing that was funny for me. Uh, I stopped doing any of this when I had good internet access. And the reason was I had things to do on my computer that were interesting as opposed to just not really having good internet, but I wanted to use the computer, so I had to find things to do. I was very heavy into like software customization stuff when my internet access was more restricted because I loved to doing things on the computer but didn't have much to do other than just explore what the computer could do. And that's when I used to change things like icons and really customize stuff. Uh, but now, but like when I, when the internet access got good enough, like it wasn't a case where like I could I, why I could use the internet all the time because it wasn't dial up or whatever. Or it was fast enough that I could actually like you know do play games or whatever. That yeah. was when I stopped doing any of that. The last time I I set a custom icon for something on my Mac was I wanted to put a folder in my dock with some very specific stuff in it for mm. quick access. Mm. And I found an icon and pasted it into that folder so that in the dock it would show up with that icon instead of a generic folder icon. That's, so that's a, the last that's cool. time I did it. That's a, that's a, that's a yeah. cool thing to do. And continuing this trail, um, Mark wants to know, is your Mac's desktop a mess? Is there any order to it? How often do you tidy it up? So my Mac's desktop has, it has about 10 folders on it. Um, and they're for various projects. Now, those 10 folders are always there. So they're like a specific podcast where I keep the files on my desktop for a long time, or I have like a general, like where all my logic projects go, or where all my videos go, that kind of thing. Um, my desktop gets filled with various audio files through the week, but I clear it. Not on a specific schedule but when it looks like there's a lot of them i grab all the audio files and i just drag them to the trash once the episodes have been published um so i I tend to keep a pretty clean desktop considering i have a 5k imac right so like those 10 folders they don't take up a lot of screen real estate Mm -hmm. yeah for me it's uh my to-do list so it, it can be messy but it's usually not that messy. I tidy it oh. up every so often. I drag things into my Dropbox and then they, they're filed away or I drag them into some other place. But I do leave active projects out there, things that I need to act on and file or move or whatever. So if I've got a podcast I need to edit this week, I will pull it out of my work in progress folder on my server and I'll put it on the desktop and then it sits there until I'm done with it and then I file it back away again. So it is for active projects. It's usually not... Like a uh, hundred things scattered around. It's nothing like that. I'll also use it to, you know, if I'm pulling images down and processing them and uploading them and stuff like that. You know, it's the working, it's the working location. So there'll be junk out there. If you looked at a random time, you would see some junk on my desktop, but not a lot of it, and it doesn't stay there very long. Well, that's that. So we'll be back next week, and we will be together in Ireland, recording live from. Ooh. Yeah, can you? Can you believe that? It doesn't feel like it would be time. I don't think it'll be Monday, though, right? It'll probably be Tuesday. It will be next week. We don't, we be, don't know when it will be. Let's, let's just say we will be back next week in person from Ireland with another yep. another upgrade from Ireland. Not the first, even. It'll be the second, right? I think so. I think it is. This is the second time. Yeah, because the first time was not upgrade but it was a conversation which we didn't record, which me and you had for a long time about podcasting. <laughs> that's, that's right. 
That's right. No, and the second time was when we had the the, the various ventilation systems in we the hotel the and made it be like there was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there was the the pilot episode of, of Upgrade was recorded at all, but not but not recorded, not recorded at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors this week: uh, Smile with Text Expander and Pearl with their Revision Backup Camera. If you want to find our show notes, go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 112. That is where you will find the scorecard for the draft. So you'll be able to play along at home. If you want to follow us online, there's a couple of places you can do that. You can go to at jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L on Twitter. You go to sixcolors.com. Jason, what type of live coverage, if any, will you be doing um, of the October event on Six Colors? Some kind. Uh, Dan will be in the air during it, but I will be at the event. So mm-hmm. I will be mm-hmm. doing some sort from there, whether it's tweets or a talk show or something else. We'll see. Um, I am online. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, I, along with Jason, host many shows on Relay FM. You can find this show and many more at Relay.fm. Uh, I also, in my spare time, make YouTube videos. And they are at youtube.com slash Mike Hurley. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Upgradians will be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.